liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today on Liberty Lockdown, I go deep with a very special guest, the great Pete Quinones. We talk tactics, black pill, white pill, reasons for optimism, reason for fighting, reason to keep going, whole bunch of stuff. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Today's episode, as always, is brought to you by our friends at the Daily Job Hunt. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. It's a daily newsletter. Just a couple minute read each morning that'll fire you up, give you some information, teach you about whether or not you even need a resume. Some really revolutionary thoughts in there that I think you'll really appreciate. And if you are looking to transition careers, given what we see coming economically, this is the time. Don't wait. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. They're our friends. You're my friend. I'm your friend. Let's put our friends together. Go to crash.co backslash daily it's free so there's no reason not to if you are looking for a job that's starting place number one before we get into the episode i want to thank all the people that are leaving five star reviews on itunes it really helps with the show helps me get up in the algos so when people subscribe to stuff like the ron paul report or free man beyond the wall which is pete's show or part of the problem my show can now come up and they can see it and they can say hey you like this maybe you like that and i think they'll be right because if you like those shows, you will like this. Got three new uh, write-ups, about 15 more five-star reviews. Really, really appreciate it. We're pushing like 220 now. Someone says, uh, <laughs> five stars, no one should be named Thad. That is Russell. I like you. You shouldn't have let him walk all over you. Can't stand that guy. <laughs> well, I love Thaddeus Russell, and I respect your opinion. But, you know, I tried to be respectful, and I think that I handled it fairly well. Uh, however... I would certainly have liked to have discussed that topic with him a little bit more further, but I was unaware of the uh, emotional turmoil that he was put through over the past four years after he was on the Joe Rogan experience. So got to understand I was being, I was being uh, sympathetic to his plight there. Then we got Steve F. Official says, A new favorite. I have a new favorite podcast now. Keep them coming. I will, Steve F. Thank you so much. And then lastly, we got Brock the Rock Story says Olivia Rondo. Okay, so why would knowing what a race oh, what a race's average IQ is cause division? Depends how you look at it and the conclusions you draw from it. So if the specific race is having a less standard of living, they suffer from the public school system, etc. So yes, they are going to have lower IQ. How do we fix it? Liberty. Well, those are all good questions, and I think that's that is why the topic at least gives me some interest. I like to I like to know things, you know, whether or not I'm going to apply them in some sort of racist, stupid fashion is a totally different question because I won't. Uh, however, I do think that the topic has some merit. I just think that people take it to an extreme sometimes. So got to keep some balance there. Anyways, thank you guys so much uh, for subscribing. Go to Twitter at Liberty Lockpod to subscribe to my Twitter. That's where most of you already do. And for the new stuff, I got really professional clips that I'm putting out on Instagram and that is at Liberty Lockdown. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I got another special guest with me today. You know him. You love him. He's been on before. The return 
of the legend, Pete Quinones. Hey, what's up, Clint? How you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. You are the host of Free Man Beyond the Wall. Uh, check out his sub stack. It's by any means necessary. It is great stuff. Uh, terrific writer. Inspires me frequently. Uh, certainly inspires some of my tweets. So if you guys aren't reading him, you're making a mistake. Um, so I wanted to get started because last time I had you on, I titled it The Black Pill with Pete Quinones because we were both, we were both very uh, down because it was like everything was going against us. So I want to just to show balance. I want to give you some information that, I mean, you already are aware of, but I want to run it past you and see if it's changed your disposition at all. So we got the, the lockdowns kind of sort of ending, quasi, depending on which state you're in, they are lifting for the most part. Masks are being removed in mass by many people. I'm in California, so I don't really feel this way, but I, I talk to enough people online to feel like there's some progress being made there. The vaccine passport seemed to have been pushed back. Are we winning, Pete? Um, no. <laughs> in places, sure. I mean, I talk to people all the time who are like, eh, everything's back to normal in my area. Um, I think what it's what's become more clear, you know, I've had some uh, changes in my personal life and everything. And one of the changes I'm going to make is I'm going to I'm leaving the city. Mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm getting as far away from the city as possible. So um, it's become clear to me that cities are just, I mean, terrible. Um, I was reading God. Oh, I I want to quote. He's a science fiction writer, and he had a quote that was something like, um, "All civilization means is the you have the ability to live in a city." Mm. Yeah, th- th- that's what it, it's like. That's what people when people talk about, oh, we, we have a civilization and everything. It's like, oh, well, you can live in a big city. And that's what civilization is. But you know, I'm one of those people who reads Ted Kaczynski and understands exactly what he's saying. And he's saying we need to go back. And that's what people leaving the city is. Oh, I mean, if sure. you're leave, if you're leaving a city and you're going more rural, if you're like me, who's like, you know, I'd like to find a place where I can have a couple chickens and, you know, maybe even start a garden. Oh, well, what am I doing? I'm that's my family in Puerto Rico. My family mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico still lives like that right. nowadays. They go get their eggs and the, their eggs are in the yard in the morning. And I think at this point, that's where, where it's at. You know, I listen to Tho Bishop and um, I, I I emailed back and forth with him today and um, you know, he's like, anytime you want to come down to, you know, come down um, to Panama city and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, pretty soon go down there and vi- go down there and visit and everything. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to move to Florida yet. Um, there's a someplace closer that I want to move to for at least for a little while, possibly. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. There's a lot of stuff's up in the air, but definitely, definitely out of the city. And um I think that's what it's going to. I mean, I Jack Spierko has been saying it for years, you know, it's just get the hell out of cities. And he was way ahead of this. I mean, I'm he didn't see what happened in the last 15, 16 months ahead of time. He was just like, get the hell out of cities. It's going to come to a head at some point. It has, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, I think in a weird way, we have actually been saved by the Federal Reserve. 
And let me explain, <laughs> because that is a very okay. uh, inappropriate uh, libertarian position to take. It has bought us time. If you understand Austrian economics and you understand that they are just kicking the can, you have been given a reprieve because had they done the lockdowns without all of the state funds, without all of the federal funds, just basically paying people to stay home to keep this bullshit game afloat, we would all be in serious trouble right now. I think you would already have massive riots and, you know, food shortages and starvation and all sorts of craziness uh, just because you can't, you can't kill production like they did and also kill people's income and not expect really catastrophic, catastrophic uh, reactions right away. But because they have, you know, gone into MMT, it has given those of us that understand what's happening an opportunity to get out before it's, you know, get out while the getting's good. Uh, so I agree with you. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I am, I'm looking to get an RV, hit Freedom Fest, and then travel around all the quote unquote free states in this country to figure out what, what feels like home. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's sad, but in the, in the same note, feel, feel lucky that it didn't hit you without any opportunity to prepare. Like Vin Armani was, was brilliant enough to get out in March of 2020, you know, right before all this happened. But in a sense, we are all able to get out still. And that's, there's something to be said for that. So I don't know if that, that doesn't, I'm trying to spin that optimistically, but it still sounds pretty pessimistic. Sure. And I think what a lot of us who aren't willing to move to the middle of the Pacific um, are relying upon is federalism at this point yes. is that, you know, certain states are going to, and I was just talking with, uh, with somebody today about, about that, that he was talking about getting out of Michigan and I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. And, you know, mentioned Florida and everything like that. And I, I've actually said that it may get to the point where, okay, so say I decide, you know, a year from now or something like that, I'm going to move to Panama City because, you know, DeSantis is fairly good in Florida. You know, I mean, he's still a, he's not a libertarian, but right. he still seems to be fighting a lot of this. So if I move to Florida and then in the next election, somebody horrible gets elected, I may end up gov governor shopping. Like, yeah. So, so, you know, it's like, all right, I'm in Florida up oh, DeSantis. Oh man. Well, sorry guy. You didn't get elected. Uh, you didn't get reelected. So, all right, well, where's there a good governor right now and pick up and go and go there and say, okay, well, let's, let's see. And then three, four years down the line up, oh, that person got voted out. Oh, things are going to get really bad. And, um, well, where's there a good governor now? And, <laughs> I mean, I have no problem at this point. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with the thought of it. I hate moving. Yeah, but, you exactly. know, one thing that moving and living in the same place for like 10, 11 years now, one of the great things that's going to about moving is I'm going to have I'm going to get rid of a lot of stuff. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get to pare everything down to like the bare bones, ammunition, guns and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And um, so people may end up doing that if you have the means to do it. If you right, have, that's the hard part. If you're working remotely or, you know, if you, um, you know, if you have independent wealth or something like that, sure, you can do it. But I just, you know, to go back to the beginning, to go back to, you know, January and February of last year, man, they, 
they saw the way the public reacted to this and they're just eating it up. I mean, they're just, I, I watch like Fauci just make stuff up. I mean, he, he, he just, he's in an interview and he just starts making stuff up. He's in a Senate hearing and he just starts making stuff up. And I'm just like, well, if people, if the majority of people aren't smart enough to see what's happening, well, then, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, it might get so bad that I might just des- decide to run for the border or something like that. But, you know, at this point, I, I think that people are going to try to use federalism as much as they can. Um, like I was, I think I was saying before we uh, we recorded, you know, I was in Orlando this weekend and Orlando is just God awful. I mean, it's still just, I mean, the mall, the millennia is you can't go in there without a mask. And even here in, in Atlanta, you could walk around unmasked in common areas, you know, like at Perimeter Mall, which isn't far from where I live. And you can't even do that there. And there are empty stores there and people aren't going into them. And if you try and walk in them without a mask, they just police it. And you know, all right, well, go out of business. I hope you lose your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just go outside of the city, you know, and then somebody contacted me on Twitter. I really want to thank that person. I'm not going to name them because I don't have permission. But he said, go a half mile, go a half hour north to Seminole. And you'll see signs on the door, but they won't police it and everything. So we just went up there and went shopping and went in and out of stores. No one asked us a question, gave us a second look, went to a restaurant, no problems up there. So, yeah, I mean, I just think at this point, you gotta, if you're in a city, I get the hell out because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see it. Even after everybody, even after everybody is quote unquote vaccinated, whatever that thing is that they're shooting into people, <laughs> um, I just have no freaking clue what it is. I don't either. I mean, I listened to Del Del Bigtree's High Wire, and it was just this montage of people just like, I I lost the use of my legs, and I, you know, my dad died, and you know he was perfectly healthy, and I'm just like, all right, well, I'm not just, I'm not doing this. You know, I'll go live in the woods if I have to at this point. Oh yeah. Um, no, if they yeah. try to mandate it. There's it ain't happening. Oh, there's going to be, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, they mandated a lot. La- they did a lot last year and people didn't fight back. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on. But um, yeah, I mean, once again, just get get as far away from cities as you possibly can. It's comfortable. Chris Kofer from Stateless Productions, my um, my cohort on the in the documentary filmmaking game, um, he said, try to be 10 minutes from a hospital and 30 minutes from a, a supermarket. Mm-hmm. And if you're 10 minutes from a hospital and 30 minutes from a supermarket, you can make that work. You know, even Spearco talks about how you know, he can pretty much get to quote unquote civilization in 20 to 25 minutes, but you know, it, where he is, is so remote. It'd be hard to um, for even for as close as he is to a city, he's remote enough where people aren't going to be able to mess with him and may not even be able to find him. Yeah, I've always heard you want to be close enough, but also not close enough to the the freeway that people fleeing the city would actually see you. So like right, right. you got to be a little bit rural. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I think that there's uh, another another silver lining in this again, kind of silver, kind of shitty. But I, I wanted to update you on my prognosis for the real estate market because the, because there has been so much inflation. <laughs> which is not a not a good thing. Um, 
But because there's been so much inflation and because they have maintained those foreclosure and eviction moratoriums for over a year now, there is so little inventory in this country and the prices have skyrocketed so much. I really think that we have serious runway in the real estate market. Um, not, not commercially, I want to delineate. Uh, and also not so much in blue states because I think the blue states are still toast. But there is this huge population influx into Florida and Texas. There's only a million homes for sale nationwide, which is like record low. Um, that inventory needs to be supplemented with those foreclosures and evictions, but those foreclosure and eviction moratoriums are down to like four or 5 million now because people have just been given so much money from the state and federal system that they have been able to make their payments. Um, so I think that it's essentially what I'm saying is I think that the, the foreclosures and evictions when they lift, as opposed to creating a complete collapse, it will balance the inventory, which will level out prices because prices are just going up like 15% a year right now. It's insane. In good states, right? In, yes. Yeah. Blue states, people are fleeing. So they're exactly, you're going to have a problem of empty real estate. Then that, that actually makes for, and there's blood on the streets by property, that actually makes for good buying opportunities in a blue state if you're willing to sit on it for a while. Well, if, if they don't create such onerous taxation in those blue states, because your taxation is based off of where the property is, not where you live. Sure. So that's right. the downside. But um, no, I agree with you. And, and I think that that's the upside for people that are fleeing towards freedom is that those real estate markets where you're fleeing towards will be buoyed by this. So it, it's brutal because you're paying really exorbitant prices. Uh, but I, I'm also trying to like alleviate some of the panic I probably gave people when I, when I went on your show and I talked about that. And uh, the, the only variable that I think is, is the one to look out for is that if interest rates spike, we're toast. The real estate market is completely predicated on interest rates. The Federal Reserve ought to be hiking interest rates because our inflation is so out of control. That's what their mandate is, is to you know, maintain low manageable inflation and they are not doing their job. So I think that that's the real problem is that as the inflation really picks up steam, which it already has, but you know how they do CPI and all this bullshit. They just hide it all from us. Um, mm -hmm. But once people feel it to the point that like, oh, my shopping bill is doubled, which it's already feeling close to that. I think that's when the Fed might might hop in there with an interest rate hike. And because we have so much debt, then all bets are off. So what do you what do you think about the updated prognosis, Pete? Sounds to me like you're making without actually realizing it, you're making the claim that UBI is working for people. Well, because the unemployment is basically is a form of UBI. The, mm -hmm. the free money that people are getting is a form of UBI. It's it's one of the first. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know, back in March of last year, two of the first things I thought was, OK, this is going to be a test run for UBI and this is going to be a test run for universe for, for um, universal health care for like single payer. And the second one is still yet to be seen. But the first one is clear. I mean, they've been giving out so much money. Um so, yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. So if you have hordes of people fleeing into, into Florida, um, the, you're, you're probably going to have to see new builds. Oh yeah. And if Big you see time. new, if you see new builds, that housing market is not crashing. It, it, prices are only going to go up and, and bubble at some point. I mean, Oh yeah. It, it's yeah. going to create a bubble that eventually it might not, it might not bust tomorrow. Exactly. But, 
but yeah, years uh, down, a couple years down the road. Yeah, I'm speaking. I'm speaking medium term. Like I, I am so concerned about the. So let me let me clarify. I am not saying MMT works. It's the same way when the Fed, you know, keeps interest rates really low. Yeah, it works for a time. And then you create all of this malinvestment. And in the case of MMT, what you've seen is you've created a tremendous amount of shortages because there's not enough production to match all of this fiat that's circulating through the system. So what is shortages with too much cash in the system? What does that balance equal out to? Well, it equals out to inflation. And that's exactly what we're experiencing. So I think it's a better argument against MMT in truth. Um, but, sure. but in a sense, it has given us time to evaluate, to look at our opportunities, to see what makes sense, to see what's coming down the road. And I'm just trying to say, I think that my prognosis, I, I even said when I was on with you that I thought that the, the quote unquote, you know, free states would do better, but I still thought that they would, they would go down significantly. I think now the only thing that really takes them down is interest rate spikes. And, and I think the interest rates will have to go up. So I'm not, believe yeah. me, I'm not telling people green light, buy whatever you can get your hands on. I'm just saying that I think that the, uh, the blue states are the ones that are going to be demolished and the red states are actually going to be good. And, and Malice brought up, uh, Michael Malice, he brought up a, a point that I thought you might want to discuss when he said that um, this is the first time in history that you have seen conservatives, conservative states receiving an inflow of the, the young, the intellectuals, the tech people, the artists, you know, because everyone's fleeing New York and L.A. Does that bode well? Can we actually see where? No. Okay. <laughs> Lay nope. it on me, Pete. Well, um, just to reiterate, I wasn't saying that UBI and MMT works. I was just saying that, you know, it, it had to work. They had to make it work in the last 15 months to True. Yeah. keep to keep people from you know slitting their throats um <laughs> but no i mean i see the you know i'm in georgia and what i see is i see new york license plates i see california license plates and i see illinois license plates exactly so it's like i mean we're screwed i mean texas is going to go blue at some point i mean that's without a doubt florida goes back and forth mm -hmm. you know so i don't think anyone is, Maybe the people who are fleeing into Florida, places like Florida, are would be considered to be more conservative, and maybe that's the way that they would vote locally, things like that, even for the governor. Um, but I don't see that happening in Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas seems to be a lot of people going in from California who, you know, and these are people who I don't know that they're conscious enough to realize that what policies destroyed the state that they're going from they're, they're leaving fleeing so why would i want to vote for those policies here um yeah you, you have georgia, to hope they learn their lesson but yeah you're probably right they most of them won't yeah georgia will be blue soon i i, I think that there was voting irregularities in georgia i mean i think that that's very, has been proven now and i think you know monica perez and i can't remember the gentleman's name the uh the electoral expert that she always has mm -hmm. on here from georgia but I, I think it's just proven that you know they were just packing they're probably bringing in pallets and friggin' ballots from somewhere from somewhere mm -hmm. um so but i still think that georgia's going blue i mean it's uh it's just 
you know, I, I've been here for 16 years, so I've, I've been seeing it. Um, Texas, I think, is going blue. Um, I, yeah, honestly, I think at this point, the um, secession is really the only, the only option. You know, people like, um, I think you saw, I, I don't know if you saw on um, Facebook, though, though Bishop had put up a DeSantis 2024 hat that I guess he oh, had yeah. made yeah. and everything. And I said, you know, I'd rather he be president of Florida. I, I definitely love that concept. Do yeah. You, do you think he has that spirit to actually take that level of a stand? Because I don't think so. No, he probably ha- he probably has the ego of every other politician where exactly. he wants to be president of the United States. And I mean, but what could I, what could make you a more historic figure than to be the leader of the new free world? You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I know. But yeah, who knows if he wants that or not? Who knows that he even? Who knows that that's on his radar? I mean. Maybe if some libertarians decided to start working with him, maybe if the Libertarian Party went to him in Florida and said, hey, look, you know, you start talking about this, we'll throw our hat, behind, you know, we'll throw our lot behind you and everything. We won't run anybody against you. If we do run anybody, it'll be somebody to challenge the Democrat or something like that. Um, hmm. You know, but, you know, here's what here's what we need. Here's what we need from you in order to do that. And there's no promise that he'll win and give it to you. You know, so you're, it, so yeah, it's, yeah, politics is a dirt, politics is a dirty game. You're never, you're never going to get everything you want. But um, as far as, I mean, I can see he's definitely the most vocally obstinate of the governors when it oh, comes yeah. to, um, yeah, everybody talks about the South Dakota Christy Nome, but she's such a drug warrior that I know, it trash. really turned, it really turns me off. I mean, you know, it, it, she could talk all she wants, Bitcoin, this, and oh, we're going to do, you're a drug warrior. You want to throw people in jail for weed. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> for hemp too. What a joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so. I, I agree. I, I think that, well, did, did you get a chance to, I know you, you hit like on it, but did you get a chance to check out my debate with though yesterday? Oh, you mean um, on on uh, Buck Show? Yeah, yeah. I listened to it this morning. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, where where do you fall in that debate? I was just curious. Um, <laughs> depends on the day, right? <laughs> yeah, like the last time I saw Tho was in Birmingham. I think it was in March, and you know, I told them, I said, "Look, I'm you know, I'm behind the Mises Caucus and everything, but I'm willing to work with anyone." I'm willing to work with Democrats. I'm willing to work with red pill Republican, uh, red pill progressives. Um, I mean, I'm willing to try anything, you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, I know Tho once talks about, you know, he's down in Panama, Panama, Be- uh, Panama beach. And um, there's a Pan- what is it, Panama city beach. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's right. And um, I think he's talking mostly about working with, republicans on the local level and the state level and i have no problem with that at all i mean just whoever whomever you can to you know just try to influence um i think he makes a good argument that i think with seeing liz cheney voted out of that position last week and it shows that the majority of republicans are on the side of Trump and they're, they're Trump Republicans and whatever that means, 
Right. We know that Trump was the worst Machiavelli ever. I mean, he, he could have just fired everybody, which is what what I would have done. Just take the bullet, you know, or or he could have at least attempted to prosecute any of the people that try to set him up for treason. Good Lord. Yeah. He could have. Yeah, he could have done something. But, you know, means who knows? Who knows? He's. It seemed to be so owned by Israel in that lobby, but um, no <laughs> but um, no, no more than Joe Biden in, in my opinion. Yeah. But you know, yeah, but well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's been any more pro-Israel president on the pro-Zionist president in the history of this country. Oh wow! Than Trump. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> I mean, come on, you, you make Jerusalem the capital. Yeah, jeez. It, it, pe- most people don't even realize the um, the implications of all that. But the um, yeah, it looks like they're standing behind Trump. And if they're standing behind Trump, there's a really good chance that that could split. You, you have a faction that's going to split the party. Mm-hmm. You know, so who knows what the? In my mind, it's like if my perfect idea would be like, you know, just become so fractured and so, you know, the the people that back the squad split off and the people that back Trump split off and the people that, you know, the, the people that are basically the American Likud party split off <laughs> on, on their own. And um, it gets to the point where, like, states have to look and go, we don't want any part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want to be on our own. And um, and that's really the the goal, because, you know, there's still when I was on your show last, which I think was it was January or February, mm-hmm. you know, I was really black pilled about you know, what could be happening by now and everything. And of course, thank thank God my predictions are wrong, um, but For I, I still sakes. see it. Yeah, I, I still see that happening down the line. You know, I mean, I'm. You know, I put out something on my Substack a week or two ago that, you know, it's gotten to the point where I, I don't even, I don't even know that I think of libertarian anymore or Republican anymore or, you know, who's on my side. Like who's on my side is people that don't want me dead. Mm-hmm. And if that's a Republican or a red pill progressive or, you know, some frigging QAnon lunatic, that's fine with me. You right. know, I mean, because there are some. There are some people on the left who have planted, you know, have planted people in the highest positions of power mm-hmm. that want you dead if you think, if you have wrong think, if you, you know, want to throw you into, you know, want to throw you in a gulag if you were walking by the Capitol on the sixth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just remarkable. Or, you know, want you dead because you don't want to take the vaccine. Oh yeah. There's plenty I mean, of people that feel that way. There's people that oh, aren't yeah. politicians that feel that way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can see it. You can see it online. I mean, there are, um, there, there are lunatics. I mean, these <laughs> yeah. now I do not. Now I know how people get on social media. I'm one of these people who I say shit on social media that I'm willing to say in person. Mm-hmm. And I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> and the, there are people on on social media, especially on the left, that I know are just being loud and everything. And it's like, oh, if you don't, you, you shouldn't even be allowed to leave your house if you don't want to get the vaccine and everything like that. And you know, they should come and they should come and shoot you if they don't. It's like, oh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't believe that every one of them that says that believes that. 
But I believe there are people in positions of power that believe that. Oh, yeah. I believe that there are people in positions of power that are like, well, if they don't want to if they don't want to listen to us. Well, well, why can't we get rid of them? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the whole. um, The whole boomerang effect of whatever happens in foreign policy ends up coming home. And I, I don't know if that's called boomerang. I forget what that what that term terminology is, of whatever happens in foreign policy ends up coming home. And I mean, if they're willing to assassinate American citizens overseas, I mean, why not start assassinating American citizens? I mean, nobody cares that they assassinated an American citizen overseas because he was a terrorist. Well, if you don't if you don't want to get the vaccine, you could be considered to be a terrorist pretty soon. And I mean, a biological weapon. Yeah. 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 Biological weapon. Jesus. And um, so why, why would they be upset if the government started killing those people? Because I mean, they're dangerous. No, I I think that there would be some public support for that uh, as, as, you know, breathtaking as that is to think about. Um, But I I think that, you know, not just Alalaki, but you've got plenty of American, um, icons that appear to have been assassinated by our deep state so it's like it's not as if this is without precedent historically i just think that we are at a time where the public is more accepting of it which is what really scares me is that they they seem to have just accepted this tyranny with glee for the most part and i my, my most hopeful note in all of this is that the people that are fleeing california and new york or Chicago, or any of these big states that had the most savage lockdowns and are going to these free states to experience, you know, the quote unquote conservative lifestyle, which is now just being outside without a mask, which is insane to me. Um, But my hope is that, you know, I know a lot of people in California, I'm born and raised here. There are, there are a lot of people that are not lefty. They are not, they are not those types. They've just been outnumbered, but there are you know, I don't even know how many people there are, 50 million people or something in California. It's an enormous state. It's the most populous um, in the country, I believe. And there are, of the people that are leaving are the ones that hated the lockdowns most. So you have to hope that those are the people that wouldn't also vote for politicians that would endorse lockdowns moving forward. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that basically what we're doing is what we've talked about for years, is that we're going to go and be with our people. You know, we're going to go and find the culture that matches our ethic, our ethos, whatever. And, and with those reinforcements, then you might see such a division where the, the governors start to tell, which they're doing now, they start to tell the federal government to fuck off. We're not enforcing your gun laws. We're not enforcing your lockdowns. We're not enforcing your mass, ma- mass mandates or your vaccine mandates. Like that, This is what they're running on. And it's very popular in the Republican Party. Do you think that they have the will to stand up to the federal government ripping federal funding if they go down that path, because I think that's the next threat. Yeah, that's the problem is that, I mean, I know in Georgia, I'm familiar with a couple um, political programs here that are mandated federally that if they don't run them, they have federal funds pulled. So exactly, you have, you have to be willing to sacrifice that. Um, and <laughs> what that could mean is, well, I mean, if Florida decides, you know, people need to realize this. If Florida decides, hey, we're out of here, there's an income tax coming to Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no state income tax in Florida right now. It's one of the reasons why people love to go to Florida so much is there's no state income tax. Well, 
they become their own state, there's going to be an income tax. Who knows mm-hmm. how high that's going to be? And especially if, you know, and possibly if DeSantis is governor, when if that were to happen, you know, it would be a very low income tax. But what happens when he loses and a Democrat gets in there? Or what happens when the, the whole legislature is run by Democrats? Right. They, rehabil- they have veto they, power. They rehabil- rehabilitate Andrew Gillum and then they put him back in there. <laughs> uh, well, it's, believe me, I mean, we're in such a clown world that that could happen. I, I mean, know, look, that's look why at, I love because um, it's so crazy. <laughs> what's his name? The uh, the old Washington, D.C. mayor uh, who got caught. Smoking, oh, Marion Barry. Yeah, Marion Barry is smoking yeah. crack on it and it just... I tell you, he got he got reelected, you know. So, I mean, People do not learn their lesson. It's hilarious. I mean, they. Well, I mean, when you when you desire a king, you know, when you desire leadership, when you right. need somebody to tell you what to do, I mean, well, let's. I'm going to vote for the person who looks like me or acts like me. I mean, well, really, Marion Barry getting reelected after you know getting caught smoking crack and everything, it could have been a precursor to Trump. It's like, well, he's like me. So he talks like me and he acts like me. So I mean, I'm not saying everybody smokes crack who fucking voted for him. But you know, they go to vote for Maybe. him, you probably do have to smoke crack. But um <laughs> but you know, it's um it's a very real you know I had never thought about it before that like Mary and Barry may have been like the the Trump prototype that um it's like, hey, we're gonna vote for this guy because he's like us and everything yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. I think and Mary Mary and Barry and Ron Paul led to Trump in a weird way. Um, <laughs> That's just scary to think about know, right? talk about just <laughs> such a weird such a weird world. Um so Dave uh gave a speech at I think it was in Pennsylvania, uh Mises event and in it, he had a note, that, which I appreciate, but I'm curious to get your take on. So he said that essentially as, as we become the the power in the LP, that we have to behave in a more mature fashion and be more respectful and responsible and kind of work to unify. Now, I am in favor of this, but as as probably my favorite shit poster <laughs> on the internet, where does Pekinonis fall? I mean, we're radicals and radicals get radical. They say radical stuff and they say stuff, you know, it's like one of the things that I was talking to Jeremy R. Hammond and I'm going to release that episode next week is we are very, very, very pissed off at libertarians. The fact that they are not for health freedom and that some of the biggest podcasters in our space will not even talk about vaccine injuries and the vaccine court and the VAERS system. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't want to look like a, I I don't want to look like a psychopath. It's like you, you say on your show that you want to end the government. Yeah. What's more crazy than that? Are you afraid to be a radical all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I just don't get it. You know, it's like, I mean, there are vile people in the, in the libertarian party and they're infiltrators. I mean, they're, I think most of them are just small pond. They they found a small pond where they can feel important in because I mean they're not going to be they're not important in life, in, in their life when they leave the Libertarian Party, no one looks at them. You know they're probably ignored. They just become invisible, and these people need to go. And I'm, you know, sure there are people in the party who just whichever way the wind blows, that's what they're going to go. That's the way they're going to go. And 
I'm fine with those people and everything. But I mean, the vile, I mean, just faggots that are in that party, they got to go. And I don't care. I don't care what I, I don't care if they don't like me calling them that. They just have to go. I mean, they are they're disgusting. They have no understanding of negative versus positive rights at all. Right. And they're just I mean, it really when you look at that, that is why I wake up some days and I'm like, well, maybe the Republican Party is the way to go mm, because the because the Libertarian Party is, I mean, is infiltrated and screwed up as the Republican Party is. I mean, the Libertarian Party is, I mean, is like like the when we talk about clown world, it's like the the political party of clown world. <laughs> it's like the political version of clown world. It's just all these people who are like they have their pet thing and everything like that. It's like well, we don't talk about, well, why should we message about war? Because people don't care about war and everything like that. Yeah, but trans rights, everybody cares about that, right? I mean, that's what <laughs> that that's what everybody in Montana and the middle of the country. And then when you bring that up, it's like, well, we don't care about those people. Those people are on the right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just want to talk to people on the left that hate everything to do with like free markets and I mean, who, who, I mean, it goes back to, okay, so who is it? I don't want, am I going to side with the person who, who doesn't want to shoot me or the person who does want to shoot me? Right. Um, and I don't care who that person is, you know, pretty, and pretty easy to I pick mean, the, the libertarian party is, it, it's just, everybody talks about oh messaging 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 i mean they're, they're messaging this has been brought up so many times about how much their messaging sucked last year when they didn't even talk about the lockdowns they didn't even talk about this and that and everything i mean but what were they talking about instead they were talking about racism yep racism seriously i mean if you want to talk about okay so where is the racism in the united states where is it was it online is it is it twitter is that is that where you're you're like okay the whole country the whole country is racist because there are some vile people on twitter right i can then i can make the claim that the whole country wants to kill me because there are people on twitter that want to kill me right it's like i mean and you know well we we had a racist president for four years i mean the amount of pe the okay the amount of people is remarkable. The amount of libertarians that Trump broke, mm -hmm. that Trump broke their brain, people that I know personally. Me too. It's just fucking pathetic, man. Yep. These people are so weak-minded, so weak-willed that you let a president break your brain. And why? Because maybe you have a pet policy about immigration and that's your pet policy. And because he was so bad on immigration that... He, you allowed it to break your brain, and now everything is racism. Oh, <laughs> fucking shit, man! What the fuck? I mean, I mean, <laughs> even even though his policy was essentially like Barack Obama's policy, like it. I mean, these it, people. The, I mean, the, it, once again, here's what it goes to: how I want to be perceived. Right. I want to be perceived by the cathedral. I don't want to be perceived by the cathedral as dangerous. They might come after me. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I still stick with Aaron when Aaron says that 
the Libertarian Party won't have any power. No one will take it seriously until like there is a dis- they come out and say, OK, we think that this might be a terrorist organization. Well, then people will start taking you seriously. And until you're until you're to that point where you're talking about such radical shit that you're so far out of the mainstream that people are like, wait a minute, there are a bunch of people are flocking and joining this thing. And they're talking about the most radical shit. We need to look at this. This is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, then no one's going to take you seriously. Well, (laughs) I guess the, the only question is, do you have to do you have to grow quietly before you talk radically, because you're the strength in numbers. Like, is it is it actually beneficial for us to keep our head low because we're we're functioning under a tyrannical government as it is, in my opinion. So you have to. I'm sure yours as well. And then, uh, as you get to some sort of critical mass, you can then speak more openly. Like I, the way I see it is like the Boogaloo Boys are kind of the the fringe radical element of the LP to a certain extent. I, I wanted to, to mention, I went to the, to the LP event in Visalia last week or last weekend, and I'm an idiot. So I, I went into the wrong venue. I went to the Libertarian Party venue as opposed to the Mises Caucus venue. But what was cool about it is that I got to see the difference in aesthetic and feel and the energy and the emotion. So I go into the LP event and I'm like, I'm looking for Thaddeus Russell who I've been texting like saying, hey man, hold on, I'm driving, I'll be there. <laughs> don't don't start your speech. I'm just like giving him a hard time. Um, and I, I'm like looking for him. And then Spike Cohen goes on and Joe Jorgensen goes on. And I'm like, fuck, I'm in the wrong place. So I watch these people and then I go across the street because uh, Brian McWilliams from Lions Liberty texts me and he's like, dude, you're at the wrong spot. So I cross the street. I miss Hotep Jesus's entire presentation, which totally bummed me out. But I got to see the second half of Thaddeus Russell's. And let me tell you, first off, the event for the LP, way, way bigger venue, like huge auditorium. Same amount of people, though. We have this little, like, basically like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a schoolroom is where the Mises event's held. And there's the same amount of people packed in. There's not enough chairs. It's standing room only. And it's younger. The energy's there. Across the street, it's like, it's boring. It's corporate. It's... It's not, it's not gorilla, man. Like it's not, it's not what I am. So I think that that's, that's the only reason that I'm like still interested in participating in the LP is exclusively because of the Mises caucus. Because let me tell you, if I had gone, if I had driven six hours, which is what I did to get to Visalia and, and what I found was what I saw at the LP side of this event, I would have never gone back. Like it would have been devastatingly sad and depressing. Um, But the Mises event was dope. I mean, Thaddeus gave a great speech on, on like really radical stuff and dropped in bombs right into the, in front of Hotep Jesus. It was wild. I was like, oh, we're going to see a fight. Uh, so it was, it was great. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to let the audience know the difference in vibe. And that's, that's why I like the Mises Caucus. So are you, are you uh, a fan of that element at least? I know you're not sure. really a fan of yeah, that P. I, yeah. I mean, I, I love everyone I meet in the Mises Caucus is, cool and and excited and you know i mean you meet people who aren't in the mises caucus and they're not excited to be there it's like they're they're just there for the club yeah that's exactly what it feels like yeah because you know hey this is something to do this is you know maybe i feel a little important because it's a small little group and i can achieve some certain status where people look at me you know and they admire what I do and everything like that. But, um, you know, in the Mises caucus, it's just when you, 
like when I went to the convention this year here in Georgia and we got together and everything it was just a totally different vibe than we had totally different attitude, totally different vibe than, than the other groups that were there because it, I mean, they're just, I mean, what's the excitement? I mean, I don't, they don't have a know. sense of urgency is what well, I, they, I mean, they, and, and pretty much never have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's you, when you look at like what's happened, you know, over the past 15 months, you would think that there was that it's, and I'm sure there are people in the LP who were there at the, at the time who might, might've considered themselves to be more pragmatic or whatever that like woke up and radicalized a little bit. I can't discount that and everything, of course. but the leadership definitely didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the leadership was, you know, just like, oh, wear the mask and, you know, and tweeting about racism. And I mean, they're locking people down in their homes or destroying people. Then people are, becoming impoverished right and you're worried about racism i mean i just i mean i you know i people who think that this is like people who've bought into the narrative or not bought into okay there are some people who've bought into the narrative but there are also a lot of people who have their their whole personality their whole being everything that they um have to do with when people look at them is anti-racism is that hey that's the that's the guy who's against racism oh fucking great i'm so fucking impressed i'm so fucking impressed that you're against racism jesus i mean it's the biggest problem we have right i like the free you know and these aren't any these aren't none of these people are saying anything about friggin' israel friggin' just absolutely destroying whole neighborhoods right now. oh no Oh no! Yeah. These these brave warriors have nothing to say about actual death and destruction to brown people right now. They don't give yeah, a these, fuck. These oh, white Europeans, these white Europeans that are just lobbing missiles into a friggin' city to tear down buildings of brown people. You know, uh, you know, with well, I mean, a lot of them look alike. I mean, let's, let's not. Both, <laughs> there's some people on both sides that could be brothers. I and I can't differentiate between an Israeli and a Palestinian. Yeah, what do you expect yeah, me to do, so, Pete? I'm, so I'm anti-racist. You know, so it's like, I mean, I, I don't, I, I just don't get that. I, I don't get that. The whole, and you know, and then it's like, okay, so then their excuse for being, for hating the government is, well, the government is systemically racist. Well, how do you fix that? I mean, look at Black Lives Matter, okay? Black Lives Matter. We, this whole country was built on racism. The whole system is systemically racist. So let's promote all these black people who are being killed. Well, that seems very, that seems like a stupid strategy. If the whole system is systemically racist, You'd probably want to talk about the white people who were being killed because that's the only people the system would care about, right? If black people are getting murdered in the street and the whole system is systemically racist, why do you give a fuck? Why would they give a fuck about black people being murdered in the street? You should be highlighting Daniel Shaver and people like that because there's Whitey. Oh, the, he's part of the system. You know, I mean, he has privilege. I mean, yeah, I mean, I saw all that privilege in that fucking hallway in that hotel. Um, so, why aren't they talking about all the white people? Why would they highlight black people getting killed in a system that is systemically racist against black people? Makes no fucking sense. And you know how many libertarians marched with these people last last year? A lot. A lot. 
it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Unless you want to just be seen doing that. Nobody hates the fucking cops more than I do. But I mean, I knew that marching with these people wasn't going to change anything. It's so fucking stupid. I mean, it's like, were they even calling for change? I mean, defund the police. Right. Well, what, what does that mean now? It means fund the police. I mean, it, all those places, like even Minneapolis. Oh, let's defund the police. No, they're calling for more money to be poured into the police. It's like, right. come on. If, if it was a coming, if it was a libertarian idea, it would have been defund the police in a tax cut way. Like we're gonna we're gonna fund. Like if you were gonna do that, just to like put on my woke hat for a minute. If I wanted to be a BLM activist that was operating with a libertarian bent, I would have said we're going to defund the police. And but we're actually going to do it, but we're going to take that those those funds and we're going to put it into loans for black businesses or things like that. I obviously I still wouldn't endorse that because it's still taxation, it's still theft. But I'm just saying, like, if you actually cared about helping this community, you would try and give them jobs and op- opportunities to improve and uplift the the really impoverished there uh, to diminish the drug trade and everything else. I would also be pushing for removal of drug prohibition or drug enforcement. None of that shit really was ever even discussed. It was just like platitudes. And that that's what upsets mm-hmm. me the most. And I've said this before, but it's like, if BLM was actually about fixing the things that we all see as a problem, which we all see, I would have been on board, but it wasn't. It was clearly Marxist tactics. It had nothing to do with alleviating the problem. It was about just destroying the system, but with no actual fixing of anything. And it just made things worse. And now... You know, you have this divide within the LP. And I, oh, I wanted to mention earlier, there are there are people, I think it was, I think it was, uh, I don't remember who it was. It was one of the speakers after Joe Jorgensen. He goes, he goes, raise your hand if you've been in the LP since, you know, 2019. And he's like, all right, now keep your hand up. And he, and he says, and he just keeps going back in time. And there are people sitting there that have been in the LP since the 70s. And I'm not, it's not a small amount. There was like, 10 people in this room of 70 people, probably half of them have been in the LP since the eighties, you know, like, and, and God bless them. I'm not, I'm not even trying to dunk on these people, but let me just tell you a person like me, if I had been involved in the LP and witnessed the downfall of my country while I was a political activist that entire time, I would be changing my fucking tune. I would be changing my path. I do not, I do not fail for 40 years. What are you talking about? Like, it's just it's just mind blowing to me that that people have witnessed all of this just downfall and they don't change the path. They don't radicalize. They don't even call for they don't even support the people who are getting more radical. Like, why don't you appreciate us? That I think that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything. You haven't seen any progress in 50 fucking years. It has gotten so much worse. Why don't you appreciate the radicals that are amongst us? That, that don't give a fuck about the woke stuff, but actually care about revolutionary shit. Sorry, I'll get off my my horse here, but you know what I mean? Dude, if we just say Black Lives Matter, defund the police and trans rights now, and we say that over and over again and tweet it over and over again, dude, we're going to take the government down. <laughs> it's a done deal. We're, we're going to take we're going to take the government down as long as we keep as long as we keep pointing out how racist the country is. Dude, we're going to take the we're going to re- reduce the size of the government. <laughs> right. I mean, do people realize by saying that, oh, the, the, the country's so racist, w- what you're doing is you're 
there are people in the government who are going to pick up on that and they're going to go, huh, maybe we need to have another a department that just constantly, you're growing the fucking government. <laughs> you're potentially growing the government by concentrating on this bullshit. Of course. You know, if you want to talk about racism, talk about how the fact that the government, that the people in the government thrive on dividing the races that, that thrive on talking about how you know this person over here doesn't like you because the color of your skin and i'm you know and i'm going i don't really give a shit what color you are i go by the, what how you treat me and you treat other people um exactly. i don't even care who you vote for. i mean i can't change the way people vote and everything like that so if they're voting for democrats or like hard progressives i mean I mean, what is what am i gonna do in the 90s you what were a progressive pete <laughs> yeah, i mean it's just it's so it's so friggin' ridiculous you know and it's like i mean i have a friend we talk about just why does the lp always talk about messaging why does the lp always talk about messaging it's like because it's so horrible and bad you know it's like i mean you could just literally ron paul started a revolution and brought a whole bunch of us um, over by just talking about ending the Fed and ending the wars and you know, ending the drug war. I mean, it was like three things. I mean, I think there are some things that you have to add into that now, especially oh, yeah. you know, in when you have a World Economic Forum and you have Great Reset and you have every friggin' leader in the in the world using the term "build back better" and, and things like that. I mean, there are other things that you have to talk about. And now that you realize that you know the press. You know, as Malice talks about, the press isn't biased, but they have an agenda. I mean, to me, if if the LP just decided tomorrow that the only thing they were going to talk about is that the press in this country needs to be destroyed, <laughs> I mean, I'd be sending them money. Every, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can get behind that. Imagine <laughs> if that was their only, imagine if that was all they ran on. Right. Like for the next four years, all they talked about was, the press in this country is probably the most evil institution that we have, and it really needs to be destroyed. I mean, don't even talk about academia. Don't even talk about the government. All you do is talk about the press. Right. Do you know how much press we would get from the press? <laughs> That's a great point. I mean, they'd be like, why do they hate us? Oh, well, allow me to tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'm... I'd be happy with that, or or if we just made academia our number one enemy. Like, sure, e I mean, either way, yeah. But I think the press is more is more onerous. I mean, academia is terrible. I mean, but you don't have to. You know, I think more and more people are learning not to send their kids to college, and right. even you know, you have so many people who are taking their kids out of school altogether. I mean, we talk about talk about one of the white pills in the last year. You know, big time. is big time. Um, but I mean, the press. I mean, there are still, I mean, the, the largest voting block in this country, as far as age, age goes, um, they watch TV and anything that comes off of there is like gospel truth. It <laughs> might as well be coming from, it might as well be coming from the pastor reading from the Bible and it could change from day to day. And they're just like, oh, well, I mean, I guess, you know, something changed today. And that's why they're saying differently today. So, I mean, literally, I mean, like I fucking goldfish, man. I mean, and then you, you know, you know, and, and, and Angela McArdle talks about this, how you, you Newsweek contacts the LP and says, you know, we want to talk about this certain thing and everything. And then, you know, henchmen. Oh, that's a great. Oh, name. 
freaking love that. I, I just love that that's his name. Um, <laughs> he goes there and he starts kissing their ass. When you could just go, I mean, I, I've always talked about, they talked about me. Um, there was some very minor talk of me running for chair of the Georgia LP. Oh, wow. That, that would have been amazing. Can you freaking imagine that? And I was like, no, I don't want that. You know, I mean, I want to do, let me do the media. Yeah. There you so go. like, so when, you know, if CNN wants to talk to somebody, it wants to talk to somebody, let me go. And I'll just research the person who's interviewing me. I'll find all the dirt in their background and we'll just start the interview like that. <laughs> just be like, they'll be like, so um, what do you think of this? And I'll be like, well, I'll tell you what I think, you know, I think when you were working for, when you were working for this local affiliate back in 2002 and you were cheerleading the invasion of the war in Iraq, you know, um, yeah. I mean, you, why you have blood on your hands? So how do you feel about are, that? Yeah. Why aren't we doing that? Why, why, why is why are we being nice? I, I don't understand it, man. I, I, I don't understand it. I did not, I was not attracted to I wasn't one of those people who was attracted to Ron Paul because Ron Paul was humble and nice. I was attracted because he had a radical message that I mean appeals to my personality, which mm -hmm. if people haven't noticed can be very um abrasive and um <laughs> You know, loud and obnoxious. Well, I, and I I, go. I was just going to say, I think that that Ron had both, which is what made him so special. Is that he had this kind of like down south country doctor. He'll you know bring your baby into this world, sweet as sweet as I'll get out. And then he also had a, a strength of conviction that yeah. when when held to the fire, he didn't bow. He always fired bullets back and mm -hmm. and that's what i loved about him and th those are the moments like the fact that he's presentable and he's and he's seemingly kind and all this is is nice for the normies but where you wake people up i think that's the cool thing about the packaging with ron paul is that because you're presentable because you don't come across as a danger per se but then you say really dangerous shit that's the cool thing about ron paul yeah yeah. And, you know, when he ran for president in 1988, I mean, he was much more um, you know, he was much more radical and he would say he, he, he had a quick wit and he would he would call call someone a fat ass on more, <laughs> yeah, no, on, uh, on what's his name show. I can't remember what the hell that guy's name. Uh, Downey Jr. Yeah, we have more Downey Jr. Um, but, you know, and he, 20 years he gets old, he gets older, gets more mature and he, um, you know, just delivers you know, it was smart to run as a Republican, you know, and it's, it, that's one of those things that um, whenever I hear somebody bring up, you know, well, the LP needs a message, a messenger like Ron Paul to deliver that Ron Paul message and everything. I immediately in the back of my head, I go, he ran as a Republican in 2000, 2008 and 2012. That's how he was able to get on the debate stage. They are not letting a libertarian anywhere near the debate stage, especially after last year. I mean, just look at 2020. 2020 is, I mean, they all but admitted that they stole the election, that they, for, well, no, I'm sorry, they fortified the election. Correct. Um, fortified, please. Sure. Yeah. You know, and you know, pallets and pallets of ballots showing up <laughs> and you just have, you know, oh, wow, these these last 20,000 votes all went for Biden. That's really odd. I mean, well, it was, oh, it, was no, heavily, it, it was heavily fortified people. <laughs> yeah, it was heavily fortified. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you think that there and, and my whole thing is, you know, you message to the right that, I mean, if you think they stole it last year, why do you think they won't steal it again in 2024? Why would you be putting your 
why would you be putting your faith back into the system? That's exactly what I said to Tho. And, and he was yeah. like, no, no, DeSantis can win. And I was like, I don't see it, man. I think that they will destroy that guy. I mean, they're yeah. doing it to, to his homeboy in Florida right now, um, Gates. So Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't – if you – Anyone who honestly believed that there that there was foul play in the election in 2020, I don't know why they would be relying on anything for 2024. I mean, the at this point, the you know the <laughs> what what does Aaron say? Is, uh, quoting Lenin, that really the only reason to take over a political party is so that you can promote class consciousness, so that you can <laughs> so that you can just get everybody to the point where they're they have no faith left in the political party and everybody becomes a revolutionary. I mean, that sounds good to me. That's, that's, that's where, where I want to take, that's where I'd take the libertarian party. If I was, that's where I'd take the Republican party. If I could, where it's just like, you know, know, these people over here, you know, look what they did in the last year. You know, Gates got, Gates got richer and Bezos got richer and all these people up here in this 0.0001% got richer. Um, how do you feel about that? Right. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you like the fact that your your pay didn't increase or it decreased, or you even lost your job or lost your home? I mean, anything to do to radicalize people. I mean, people need to get radicalized. And you know, I understand that accelerationism is such a bad word and everything, but you know, <laughs> you accelerate people to the point where even the press starts talking about, Hey, you know, we really need to separate ourselves from these people over here because they seem like they are really, really losing their shit. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe, well, ma- maybe that's the way to go. I mean, there are so many approaches that you can take. I mean, that's why I, that's why I like though. That's why I like Dave. That's why I like Aaron. That's why I like all these people who are talking about solutions. It's like, sure, let's throw it against the wall. See what sticks. I mean, every little bit of it's going to work. Right. You know, but, but you know, to me, I mean, the easiest thing to do right now is to anyone who thinks that the election was stolen last year, you should be just trying to radicalize the hell out of them into thinking it's just going to be stolen from now on. So and if a Republican does win, it's going to be a handpicked Republican. It's going to be, you know, somebody who's just going to continue doing what the Democrat did. So, right. Well, um, there was there was a a study that said that, like, it went from I think it was 90 percent faith in democratic institutions to less than 50% for the Republican party now. And the, obviously the Democrats, since they won, it's a flat line. So they, they haven't, they haven't lost their belief at all, but the Republicans are, are shaken and that is our opportunity. Like you absolutely should be taking advantage of that. And uh, speaking of Aaron, I feel like he should be the chair of a libertarian party like somewhere. He would be amazing at it. By the way, I think that Aaron from Thailand earth, We'll, we'll go down in history as one of the greatest Marxist philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, one of the greatest Mark, <laughs> Missy and Lenin, Missy and Leninist philosophers of all Missy time. And Leninist philosophers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I just don't know what else to do at this point. I, I mean, any, here's the way I look at it is anyone who's looking anyone who looks at the last 15 months and I'm, t- I'm talking about COVID-19, obviously I'm talking about the riots last year and I'm talking about the election and they're just waiting for stuff to get back to normal. These are the enemy. This is the enemy. Right. I mean, these, these are, these are dangerous people yeah. because they, they can't think critically. Yeah. Um, 
the people who are coming up with now notice in this whole thing, have I talked about libertarian ideology? Have I talked about, you know, I, I mean, I've mentioned, oh, fuck, fuck about the non-aggression principle. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is fucking bullshit, man. Well, you, you're being aggressed upon. So like, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah I, we're kind like, of past that point. Yeah. It's like, I mean, maybe I need to do like a round table episode where we talk, like have different people come in talk about the non-aggression principle and where they think it's at right now is the, does the government's very existence is the government's very existence with taxation a violation of the non-aggression principle? If it is, then what should we do about it? I mean, we should just are you gonna spend your whole life just taking it? Man. I mean, seriously. I mean, if you if your any... neighbor was if your neighbor was doing it, you'd shoot him, right? I mean, he was coming over and taking 30 to 40 percent of your income every every week. My neighbor was I mean, taking one percent of my income. Yes, yeah, <laughs> come on. It's just, I mean, we why can't we even have this discussion? And then you have all these people who are like, no, no, you know, we have to. We can't appear as being radicals. But when you talk radically, and I mean, this is what people are thinking. The majority of like anarchists, hardcore libertarians, you know, and. I'll even use the term right libertarians. The shit that we're talking about is what they're thinking. They're mm -hmm. just scared to say it they, you know, because they're like, they're going to be judged by all the, by, by all the, you know, it's like when that, um, remember that two-year-old that I think United wanted to mask oh, and, yeah. got, and they like left off a plane. I was like, I tweeted, um, I tweeted, I mean, it'd be a real shame if some United planes caught fire on the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> and then and an agorist an agorist is like well yeah well then you could just then you should just be shot for for hurting so for hurting somebody else's um for destroying somebody else's property i'm like you're not gonna shoot anybody <laughs> you're not what are you you're an agorist online i've been an ag i've been an agorist in my life my whole life <laughs> Right. I mean, I mean, I've been, I've been I've been doing illegal shit my whole life. You're not doing any. You're just you have a fucking black and gray flag in your profile. Congratulations. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. I think it would be See, great if you could if you could find a single person that I respect who is a libertarian and cap whatever the fuck who says that the non-aggression principle hasn't been violated that we aren't already being aggressed upon. I would be amazed. I would be amazed. Like it's so I mean, it's so cut and dry to me. But. Yeah, but but the way it'll happen is sure, but sure, but mm. sure, sure, but you have to be strategic about it. Okay, great. All right, you just said the magic word strategy. Let's talk about a strategy. Right. Well, I don't want you know. We're, we we're going to keep doing the same strategy, thing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we talk about a strategy. We'll be infiltrated by a Fed and, and okay. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably, but there's a lot of holes in the desert. <laughs> you seen casino, casino, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'll get you out of here on this. What do you like best about Michael Malice? <laughs> the fact that he is probably the best communicator of anarchism and how anarchism would work on the planet. Wow. High praise. I think you I might mean, be right. I, I, he goes on shows and he just, when he starts talking about anarchy, it, it, it come, you know, he's thought it through. Mm -hmm. You know, he's thought every angle. 
you 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 know what he, he knows what he's talking about i also like the fact that he's really when he talks about it he may not use this term but he talks about panarchy mm-hmm. which is like your neighbor could have a government and you can and you won't or you can change your government like you change your phone plan stuff like that i mean that's that's panarchy that's like max borders kind of stuff stuff he's been writing on for you know for a decade decade or more um i mean malice is just he when he goes on, he talks about it on like a Tim pool or um, Dave Rubin, you have to stop and listen. And I always love like when, like after he does, like, I think it was the second time he was on Rogan, he had done a big section on anarchy and like a bunch of people just started coming after him on, on Twitter, you know, about, um, so, Oh, you want this to happen. You want this? And it was just straw man after straw man after straw man and everything. And, I think that when it comes to talking about what a stateless society would look like, or not even a stateless society, but just what some people living in statelessness would be like, he steel mans the argument. And right. it's, it's just impossible to argue against him um, when it comes to it. So like, if I had to pick anyone to go and debate anarchy with whomever, whomever the biggest neocon or you know whatever it'd be michael malice uh, with, with ace Arcist as his uh, as his speechwriter or something just yeah speaking into his ear talking into his <laughs> earpiece yeah <laughs> he'd be hitting him with some dope metaphors uh, well thank you so much for coming on pete i you have obviously uplifted this show in a way that i never imagined you your um contribution to it by having me on early on talking about me with dave apparently dave knowing me all of this has has um, absolutely added fuel to my fire. So I am eternally grateful to you. Thank you so much. Please tell me where, uh, tell the audience where they can follow you. Uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, um, Substack, Binding Memes Necessary, Libertarian Institute. I mean, Scott Horton, Sheldon Richmond, Kyle Anzalone. I mean, these are, you know, these are legends. Um, You know, so um, I'm sure there's other places you can go I mean, you can figure out if you want to support me, uh, my website, freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash gold or forward slash support. You can do that there too. But um, yeah, I don't think probably the, like the hardcore LP types aren't going to want to support me after this, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm all right with that. I don't think any of them have any money anyway. So I, I think most of my audience is the hardcore uh, Mises caucus <laughs> audience anyway. So don't sweat it. Thank you so much for coming on, Pete. It was a blast. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppening. A typo with Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. 
Peter Quinones, invite me on. Which podcaster sends custom songs? Part of the problem. Now I stand with the people. Dave showed the way, but I am unequal. Lions of Liberty now hear me roar. Beat running up, but I got a bit more. Robbie the fire, always running his mouth, but I made him a sandwich. Now I'm man of the house. The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit. A win over BLM with the fire I spit. Friends against government just call us fags. Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag. Liable opinions get thrown on the ground. Silky's Mouton was the only sound. Getting so hot, must be air July. Screaming in the mic, a rip of 59. Miles to ratio that black guns matter. Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders. None of us wanted war, but we're ready. You know I be bopping and rock steady. Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, so don't get treated like a hoe.